White House social media summit today. What the hell is going to be done about big tech silencing people? That's what I want to find out today, because they're actually not just silencing people. They are inciting the mob to go after our lives. You saw what they did to Paul Joseph Watson and the other people who they deemed dangerous. Facebook, they're saying it is okay to threaten the lives of the dangerous people, which is, of course, people they don't like, which is, of course, conservatives. So we need to solve this before all-out war breaks out. Screw war in Iran. I want war with Silicon Valley. Legal war, of course. But, you know, we're not trying to, we're not trying to kill anybody. We're not trying to kill anybody, but they are. They're out there trying to kill us with their Antifa merchants, but we don't like to fight back. We don't like to fight back, even legislatively. That's got to change. And so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about, we'll talk about the little black mermaid who the left is trying to manufacture a racist right-wing outrage storm over, even though no one's actually upset about it. You know, that's how they drum up strife. That is how they drum up racial tensions. And that is how they keep their party remotely relevant. So I'm extremely honored and excited to have been invited to the White House for this social media summit. I'm leaving for the summit right after we tape this, so it will probably have already happened by the time you watch this video, but don't worry, we're going to talk about issues that have longevity. We're going to talk about issues that aren't stale after the summit is over because that would be bad content. That would be awful content. And we don't do bad content here. We do world-class content. But the social media fight is just getting started. First, though, I want to tell you how to keep your humble abode safe from the filthy internet thieves by telling you about our sponsor, Home Title Lock. So you know those annoying robocalls that you get? You know, they're the ones that are saying you're pre-approved for credit cards or, or loans. Be careful because these could actually be scammers trying to steal your home's title. You know, I don't even answer. I don't even answer unknown numbers anymore. I'm, I see an 800 number, and I'm, or you know, they have those numbers that look like your own number. You ever get those? It's like your phone number except one number off. Like what? Is, oh, this must be me calling myself. I bet it's important. No, don't fall for any scams. But go one step further. Protect yourself online. Your home's title and mortgage records, they're online, and when a data breach occurs, that that's all exposed to thieves, and the risk of home title fraud skyrockets. And so these thieves, they come, they forge your documents stating, ah, oh, yes, well, yesterday, Mr. and Mrs. Johnson just sold their home to me. And then they take out loans against Mr. and Mrs. Johnson, and then they have to pay for it. They could do that to you. But for pennies a day, Home Title Lock puts a barrier around your home's title. So, you know, if you're getting these credit card calls or these loan calls, these robocalls, or you're getting mail with it, Home Title Lock will get you through this period with 60 risk-free days of protection. You know, I know you're thinking, this will never happen to me. Why would I need this? I'm not going to need this. I'm good. Well, when it does, it's going to be too late. So register your address now to verify you're not already a victim and protect your home's title by going to HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. All right, I got to be honest. I'm getting a little sick of the grifters. I'm getting sick of the grift. I'm getting sick of the attention hounds. I'm getting sick of the con men. You know, there's a lot of them in the MAGA movement now. And so I hope the social media summit isn't that 
You know, I hope it's not a bunch of people screaming, oh, look how censored I've been. Like, we, welcome to the club. We're all being censored. That's the problem. That's why we're here. But we need to come up with actual solutions. You know, I, I've been censored. Of course you have. Be glad you haven't been banned. I mean, there are a lot of people who have been banned who are not going to be at this summit. Ben Garrison, cartoonist, who was disinvited because of a cartoon with an anti-George Soros, an anti-George Soros cartoon. I mean, if you, call, if you can't call out George Soros, if you can't say anything bad about those people without being kicked out, I think it proves his point a little bit. But I'm very honored to be going. I think we can have, I think we can have a productive conversation. You know, they have a lot of people who aren't coming. The thing is, this thing is already outraging the media and the left and the political class. And, you know, that's already without the more controversial names attending. So, you know, I get, I get that there's only so far you can push it. Progressives, they understand that. We don't understand that. Progressives understand you can't go full-blown crazy out the gate. You know, they start, they start with liberalism, and then they go to democratic socialism, and then they go to socialism, full-on socialism, then they go to communism, and then they're beating people up in the streets and throwing them into gulags so that no one's there to stop them from raping your kids. That's the left. You know, we're just trying to return some sanity to the country. But this event already has the left in a tizzy. It's already causing outrage. It's being called a bigotry circus. The White House Social Media Summit is already a bigotry circus. Want to know why? Because people like, you know, extremists like James O'Keefe, extremists like Matt Gates, extremists like Marsha Blackburn, oh, they're going to be there. You know, the extremists. Oh, no, not, not Charlie Kirk. Oh, no, not the Heritage Foundation. You know, the usual white nationalist. You know, they're almost as upset about that as they are about the fact that social media companies who are trying to ban us aren't attending. Oh, I wonder why. Quote, meanwhile, the White House did not invite representatives from Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, or Google. Yeah, no crap. Why would, why would they invite them? We're trying to fight them. You don't, you don't invite your opponent to your, to your operational and tactical planning meetings. You know, the union didn't invite the Confederacy to hear, well, here's what we're going to be doing. We're going to fully blockade all, all southern coasts, and then we're going to take control of the Mississippi River, and then we're going to blah, 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 blah. No, you surprise them. D-Day, that was a smashing success because the Nazi scum didn't know what was coming. Facebook is not going to know what's coming when we come after them. And we are coming after you because no one gets in the way of Americans and their Bill of Rights. And yes, I'm using war references because Facebook, they already started the war. You know, they issued this new policy that says it's acceptable to post death threats, to incite violence against people they don't like, people like Paul Joseph Watson. They said in their community standards that you cannot post calls for high severity violence unless unless the target is an organization or individual we don't like they say covered in the dangerous individuals and organizations policy well who is that who is that who is facebook deemed dangerous you know who that is that's paul joseph watson that's laura loomer that's gavin mcginnis that's milo yiannopoulos so they basically said it is okay to threaten these people with death because to them, espousing conservative ideas is not okay. And, and then they have the audacity 
to pretend that, oh, we're not political. No, you're political, and we are taking you down. You know, they've removed that clause, but that means someone at Facebook, they had to go in there and intentionally add that caveat, that caveat that endangers the safety of people they disagree with, which means they are literally trying to wage war on us. So how do we fight back? What do we do? Well, that's what this summit's going to try to figure out, I hope. You know, we've got Josh Howley. He's got a decent bill on fighting big tech. His bill, it would, it would end the legal liability safe harbor that Congress, they gave big tech companies in 1996. This safe harbor gives them complete exemption from traditional publisher liabilities. You know, if, if you're a publisher, you are liable for the content you put out there. But big tech doesn't have that. But if they don't have that, it should be that in exchange, they have to provide a form free of political censorship, which is obviously not happening right now. You know, you should either be liable for the content that you selectively publish, and they are selectively publishing stuff right now. They are censoring people they don't like, or you have to keep your immunity by providing an actual public form free of censorship. And so to keep that immunity, they would have to demonstrate that they are not engaging in politically motivated censorship, which they are, and they would have to disclose, they would have to prove that by disclosing their algorithms. Of course, we all know they are. We all know they are, and that's, that's why they haven't shown their algorithms. My problem with, the, with this approach is that we know these companies lie. We know they're liars. That's, been ev that's evidenced by the fact that they say, they say we're not engaging in political censorship. They lie to our face and they say that when it is clear to everyone else that they are. So what's to, what's to stop them from showing, you know, please disclose your algorithms. What's to stop them from disclosing an algorithm that they don't actually use? The other problem is, you know, I'm, I'm not actually convinced it's an algorithm that is banning these people. You know, I think it's some, I think it's some millennial loser in one of these Silicon Valley offices saying, I don't like this person. This, this person's a Nazi. Ban them. You know, some hippie chick in Silicon Valley some hipster, some liberal loser, you know, an algorithm. It wasn't an algorithm. An algorithm didn't, you know, happen to catch something in Gavin McInnes' tweets or Laura's tweets or Milo's or PJ Dubs or Tommy's feed and flag it as objectionable. No, that was, that was an individual or a group of individuals who don't like them. That's what I believe. You know, that, that's why they can never explain to these people why they were banned or what the objectionable content was. It wasn't actual content. They don't like those people because of the ideas they espouse. You know, they, they, they just say, oh, we banned you because you're dangerous. You know, if it was an algorithm that banned these people, it would be very easy to show, well, here's what our algorithm flagged as ban-worthy. So making them, making these companies disclose their algorithm, I don't know if that's gonna solve it if you've got human beings pointing to these people and saying, you know, this, this is who has to go. Algorithm's not going to catch that. So the other alternative is what they've been floating over at Human Events, Will Chamberlain has, which is demanding access to these platforms as a civil right, and therefore granting users a legal option to demand they be replatformed if they get booted from these platforms. You know, the problem here is accomplishing this would probably be much more difficult because it involves the whole process. How do you actually just demand a civil I mean, the left does it all the time, demanding civil rights. So you'd have to demand it as a civil right, but then you've got to deal with the courts, and we all know the courts are left, and they take forever.
But I think this is what needs to happen because, you know, I don't want an algorithm. I want to see all of these people back. I want them to be able to say what they feel. I want them to say what they believe. You know, hell, I even want Farrakhan back. You know, I don't want, I don't want the victory to be, uh, oh, we got, a, we got a disclosed algorithm. No, I want the victory to be we see justice restored to the people that were smeared and then deprived of their constitutional right to speak their minds. All right, is there anyone actually outraged over the Little Black Mermaid, or is it just the left making stuff up again? Of course, of course it's them making stuff up. You know, Disney, they cast this girl, Halle Bailey, to play Ariel in their remake of The Little Mermaid, and I, I simply do not know a single person who saw this girl and said, what? What? We No, we, we can't have this young girl as a mermaid. So, you know, I want to know who's actually outraged. Uh, let, let me know, if you're outraged, let me know in the comments section if you're legitimately furious about this casting decision. And, you know, and not just like, okay, okay, Disney trying to be woke again, trying to capitalize on woke. But I mean like blood boiling, feel like you could spit outrage because that's what liberal outlets are trying to say. That's what they're trying to say the conservatives' reaction to this has been. And I just don't, I just don't see it. You know, you know it's one thing. James Bond, remember that? It's one thing you make James Bond a black guy because James Bond is not black. But Ariel's a cartoon. You know, James Bond is written as, as, he's written in the novels as a British white guy. And so, you know, that's how we've known him in all of the movies. So, you know, you can't just be like, hey guys, he is now black. You know, when they make Hermione from Harry Potter, you know, they, they turned her into an old black woman all of a sudden. You know, it's just like, Why? You know, we've had an image of what this character is supposed to look like for many, many years, and they've done many, many movies, and they just change it. But, you know, The Little Mermaid was a cartoon with flaming red hair. You know, it's not a real film, but, uh, you know, this is not, like, there's no outrage over this, partially because this is not exactly a film that, you know, I'm running to theaters to see. But it doesn't, it doesn't, it hasn't really bothered me or anyone I've encountered. And I scourged the internet. I tried to find all the outrage. I couldn't find it. And yet the media is making it seem like there are all these right-wing racists out there who are so angry about Black Little Mermaid. The Washington Compost wrote some garbage about the white nostalgia fueling Little Black Mermaid backlash. You know, BET, they're saying racists are big mad. Big mad? Who writes these articles? Racists are big mad a black girl is playing Ariel in The Little Mermaid. Who is that mad? No one's mad about this. No one cares about this. You know what I'm big mad about? When lefty organizations drum up racial tension for no reason by citing a few tweets from what look like fake accounts to manufacture outrage among their own people who are, you know, dumb enough to fall for it. It's bad for the country. It's not good for us. Because you know what happens? You've got, you've got knuckleheads out there who will actually go and read the headline, and they're actually going to think, wow, my country is full of racists who hate black people. You know, of course, these people aren't very smart, but we still have to put up with them. They still live here. We still have to deal with them when they spend two years crying over an election because liberal media told them it means that most of their country is secretly really, really racist. It's unnecessary. We've got enough problems without making up stuff. And if you, actually, if you actually go, you actually research the people this BET article uses to back up their claim that the right is furious about this, you find out that they're citing fake accounts, literally 
a few Twitter bots like this guy. Oh, this guy. This guy represents all conservatives. This guy was a meme as his avatar. That's a meme and two tweets in his account. This is not a real person. This is a bot. And even so, they just have five examples. They have actually more examples of people responding to the fake backlash than they do of actual outrage. Even the actual Nazis, even the actual Nazis, the people at the Daily Stormer, even they are an outrage. Believe me, I scrolled through their hate-filled website and all they had were some nasty memes and a meh attitude about Black Little Mermaid. You know, Nazis are saying meh over this. No one's outraged. No one cares. You know, of course, the thing, that, the thing that does bother me is that the whole reason Disney cast a Black Little Mermaid is because, you know, that's the thing right now. That's what's in vogue. And Disney, they love their money. And it's easy to cash in on the woke crowd. You know, let's cast a black girl because that's what's popular right now. That's what bothers me. I mean, fine. I, you know, I, they're a business. They're a private company. You know, you're a business. You're whatever. You're a business. Make your money. But don't do it at the expense of the country. You know, it's, it's pathetic. And anytime you see all this outrage over a new movie, you know it's just an advertising gimmick. Another example of Hollywood using outrage to drive ticket sales is this, is this new Terminator movie. You know, it has a female robot in it. <gasps> the right's going to be outraged over that. The misogynists are going to be outraged. Apparently, the director, Tim Miller, thinks that, quote, this will scare the blank out of misogynists. Really? I mean, what is, he, what is he actually even talking about? Everyone who is even semi-pop culture literate knows Terminator has always had a female main character. Sarah Connor is the main character. There's no outrage over that. I mean, there's not even outrage from the bots on this one. That Tim Miller just made that up. He's referring to literally no one. I mean, what it really sounds like to me is that he's just scared that the movie will tank so he has to find something other than himself to blame it on. It is complete bull. You know what people don't want? They don't want endless reboots of recycled material. That's what they don't want. This is going to be the sixth Terminator movie. You know, three, four, and five were flops. I didn't actually even know there was a four and five. And so rather than getting creative and coming up with new ideas to entertain their audiences, Hollywood's going to spoon feed you garbage and then blame others when you don't like it. These entertainment overlords, they've lost complete sight of their mission, which is to entertain. I mean, aren't movies supposed to be fun? Hey, Hollywood, how about you stop doing your best to pit us against each other and instead put that energy into some new ideas? A reminder to everyone, I'd really appreciate it if you'd please rate, review, and subscribe to the White House Brief podcast. It will make sure the truth rises above all the other stuff out there. So please rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks for listening.